I'm joined by Jeremy in England. Sat hello, Jeremy. Yes, Sat hello. Sight, sight, sea kippers. Small orangutan's penis. Good morning. I'm going to talk like that when I'm older. There will be... Uh, it, it will happen. I, sh- I swear that my teeth are going a bit funny anyway, so there'll probably be false teeth coming along. And I'll just, yeah. just sort of... You're right? Yeah, not bad. You know what? That trigger almost can trigger off a little rant about uh, brushing your teeth. I'm really fed up of brushing my teeth. Oh, I am. It's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> it is. The wife now checks up if I'm brushing my teeth or not. Does she, does she feel your toothbrush? Well, she, I, <laughs> she feels my pain. She, <laughs> But no, she she um she she was taken to sort of leaving sort of various different items that we discussed this previously of, of of mouthwash and dental floss. I don't know what she's trying to suggest. Possibly. But she's bought you the nose trimmer, nose hair trimmer, <laughs> and and now I've got various different items to try and freshen my my obviously my, my breath. I, I actually a couple of weeks back I said, "What's wrong with my breath?" She said, "It smells like a sewer." And I just think it's probably a mixture, and I was trying to justify it. You, know, you drink a lot of coffee, if you haven't eaten anything, or if you just don't brush your teeth, and there's old car tyres and stuff stuck in them. You know? Yeah. I actually yeah. bought an electric toothbrush. I've had a couple now, and I got fed up of using it. It was too much of a pain in the butt. You've using that? Yeah. No, I'm the same. I had an electric toothbrush. The first time I got it, I thought it was amazing. just made my teeth feel so clean. And then I soon got bored of having to go through all the bother with it because it takes about eight minutes to brush your teeth with an electric toothbrush well, the problem is we're not as obsessive as the Americans and, and if you looked at the average English person's teeth they are very much <laughs> they are they are kind of Austin Powers kind of like category you know real big old chompers lots and lots of teeth stains on them and god knows what growing between and we're not flossers I mean, as much as you try, and you know, you go to the dentist and they say, you know, you need to floss daily. Who has the time to floss daily? I don't have the time to do anything. I don't, I, I don't you know, and then when you do floss, all the bloody things bleed all the time. You know, it's like you smacked in the mouth when you spit into the sink. Yeah, the other thing I noticed here I see a lot of is people who are of advanced years, say people in their late 20s, 30s, who get braces, which is always very strange. I always think that's pretty strange. Is why you're making the effort at that sort of late stage. I don't get that either, mate. That's another thing, isn't it? That people suddenly have this realisation that their teeth are all crooked. But why haven't you done that before? Sort them out. You know. My teeth sort of go a little bit Freddie Mercury because I I, I just spent a lot of time just sucking my thumb when I was a kid. Well, let's admit that. I didn't know you were a thumb sucker. I didn't know you were a thumb sucker. I was. Well, I'm oral, whereas you're probably anal. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I, I sucked my thumb for a long time. And, um, yeah. Strange habit, that, isn't it? Where people have those kind of little bits of cloth. What do they call them? An oogie-googie? Or something around, don't they? <laughs> well, my daughter, my daughter permanently walks around with a thumb in her mouth and a little, uh, she called her BB. A BB? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's this thing now, after a few years now, it's starting to look very tattered. It's only a matter of time before it just disintegrates. And then it will all hell to pay. Can't you find a substitute one? I know. There's no substitute. There's no substitute. Uh, so anyway, what, what, are we, what are we discussing this week? Yeah, well, we have a, quite a few topics to get going with, so we were going to talk about horse meat. Horse meat? Is, yeah, a great old story that I keep reading about. So maybe you can fill us in on that. Yeah. Um, cinema etiquette, which is one oh. we've probably talked about before, but there are a couple of things that we're going to raise about that. Uh, there's a railway situation... Which I don't know much about, but you said you wanted to talk about. It's the yeah, it's the 32 billion railway line that we're going to okay. have going from London to Leeds. So that's another area where there's some major ranting, especially when we're supposed to be saving money and all the rest of it. But anyway. Okay, so we're going to cover that, and yep. then maybe we'll just uh, if we have a little bit of time for film and games, then maybe we'll do that. And if we're struggling, there are another couple of topics in there, but I think we'll be all right. Cool. Does that sound all right? Sounds very good indeed. All right, so let's move on then to horse meat. Horse meat. Well, it's come to light that in the uh, the UK, um, unbeknownst to to many different people who've been eating some of the, I suppose, the, 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 the cheaper burgers and the cheaper lasagnas in the world, and I'll try not to mention any companies because I'm sure I'm going to get sued soon. But there, there are companies yeah. out there that make frozen meat. <laughs> yeah, because if they were going to sue us, they would know where to. F- <laughs> they would, absolutely. Not that we've been to, <laughs> but you know. Actually, I don't know if they have, so I'm sorry. They, they, they probably haven't. But anyway, if we are talking about this topic and there is some snivelling, bum-feeding lawyer out there or whatever, this is just our personal thoughts. We don't know. But there are companies out there that have had certain products. And anyway, they, they, they were looking into the, the content of the supposed beef and they found in, in some instances there was a very high percentage of horse meat making this stuff up um, of the overall content. Now, in France, they'd go, Zutelor! You know, and they'd be eating this. They eat horse all the time. They eat all sorts of shit over there, don't they? You know. Um, but we have a thing about our kind of equestrian fellows or friends, and and we don't like eating horses. So, um, well, and I've eaten a horse actually. I had an incident in France where I was trying to work out what cheval meant, and then I had my cheval burger, and then I realised straight away that it was a horse because it had a very dark, chewy kind of texture because horses are basically just like I suppose Stafford you know dogs they're just muscle so everything's really awfully hard and tight anyway so they've been doing is it any good oh no it's no, we... it's really not it's, it's 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 a strange thing I don't know if it's because I've you know it was a horse and I kind of had these sort of visions of I don't know black beauty running across a field and there was me waiting there with a, a knife and a fork and munching into its hind leg um 
but yeah, no, it, it, it's it's become like a sort of like an enormous thing now because they're finding that lots of various different products, like the, the, the companies that may or may not have had horse in their products, um, that they're finding there is a percentage of horse in there, and everyone's in uproar. I personally, my round about this is, is that Jesus Christ, if you are so fucking pikey that you go and buy one of these <laughs> crappy, godforsaken things that sit at the bottom of those freezers, you know, in those big, awful places where everything's just covered in frost, and you think you're going to get something substantial out of that, you're going to get some sort of, I don't know, fillet steak <laughs> out of there. I'm surprised they didn't find dog in there, and like parts of, I don't know, old badger. Or other stuff that they've just shoved into there. And everyone's going, oh my god, it's got horse in it. How, how horrendous, it's got horse in it. And, and the other thing is, I suppose, that they are concerned, is that horses have been given some special horse drugs called Bupin or something or other. And um, they're worried that there's going to be that, and that is dangerous to humans. So there is an angle of danger, but crikey, you know, you're buying this god-awful stuff. If you can't get some decent mints and put some carrots in it and pour some gravy sauce over it and then mash some potatoes and slap that on the top and stick that in the oven because you're too fucking lazy then then you deserve to be eating horse what were you what were you thinking was in this stuff (laughs) yeah well you know what and i hear what you're saying there's a little bit there's a part of me and call me radical but when you're buying beef lasagna you might be a good thing to be eating beef might not be the best quality beef, but you're not really expecting to be eating horse. <laughs> <laughs> they should have put they should have put fifty percent beef, twenty percent cheval, and then just put that and just carried it on there, and then they would have kind of like been getting away with it, but not not, not completely. I, I just yeah, you're not expecting to eat horse, obviously, but please, in this day and age where we're eating far too much meat, I think. You know, that if we look back throughout the ages, the amount of people that are getting bowel cancer, you know, we are not designed. Meat was a luxury item, you know, when we were cavemen running around, you know. Crap it sounds like it. it still is. Well, it, 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 it <laughs> is, mate. To be honest, meats are, if you go and look at steaks and stuff like that, they're expensive for a reason because you're getting prime cuts. What, you know, it's, it's like with the sausage things. When we used to have sausages when we were kids, do you remember you used to get those bags of like 20? When you're a student as well, you'd buy a bag of 20 sausages and it is literally like they got the kind of like condom outer intestine thing that they stub the, the sausage meat into. They'd put half of the stuff that'd come under the carpet, they'd shove some of that, sawdust had shoved into that, part rat they'd bunged into that. And you'd eat these things and they actually, once they were cooked, they were like eat, chewing on a bit of cardboard because they were just cheap stuff. Now they must have bunged the sinew and all the other stuff. And now though... It's like you're looking at sausages and you're thinking you're not even going to go for anything that's not 95%, you know, or 92% meat. Because I know they have to put some filler in there, but you are expecting it to have a, a very high meat content. I don't ever expect a filler design is going to have a high meat content. Is it? No, I don't know. You know what? Sausages are one of those things where if I'm eating a sausage and I'm going into it, just thinking about how good the sausage is going to be, it's going to be okay. If I stop to think about the sausage... I start to lose interest in the sausage. There's Why? been too many times because there's been too many times where I've had a sausage and it was probably one of the packs of twenty. Yeah, just the odd occasion where you'd bite into a sausage and there's a tube looking at you. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when you get it in a steak, don't you? And you get a vein in there. Like, yeah, that's just brutal. That's the home. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, well, I was reading the story and I was pretty shocked. Not too surprised. It was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's happened. But... Mate, the, the thing that worries me, and I think this is, you know, this is just a sort of like a, a very small example of the other stuff that goes on. That there's so many things that are behind the scenes, like with the banks, you know, like with, you know, they, they were fixing the, the lipple rate or whatever it was, and, you know, subprime mortgages and all this other stuff that's going on, and that we basically, and someone said it so clear, clearly the other day, that we have basically allowed our savings to finance banks' gambling habits, and that's what it is. They are gambling really, with our money. But no one actually had the logic to think many, many years ago when this was under a Labour government. So I should think, do you think we should, we should really split this? What, what would happen if all of these people's savings get suddenly just sort of squandered away by uh, a Nick Leeson kind of like character? What, what would happen with that? What, these people would be absolutely fucked. And then the taxpayer will probably have to bail that. No one sort of had that fucking inkling. And then they find all this horse meat in this stuff. And then they're finding that it's spread out massively. So, so many different industries that are supposed to be governed and watched by these useless buggers that are probably just sitting around in their offices firing bits of paper at each other all day should have been looking at for ages. It's just, it's just unbelievable. This Pandora's box opens. And then so much stuff comes out of it that, that, that people just go, I don't know that's happening. I don't know that's happening over there. I don't know that's happening. Honestly, honestly, why? Why was this not known? And why is no one being sacked? Why is no one ever saying, do you know what? I was the governing body of the winter meat and such and such. I'll take my sacking and I won't take any money for doing it. I'll just be sacked. Well, I guess it's just a case of how how far down the chain they can keep monitoring because, you know, there's got to be... Europe may, though. I understand that, but it also, you know, if you chase, if you go to the the, fi- the the company that has the final product on the shelf, have got their meat from someone, and that person's got their meat from someone, and that person's got the meat from someone. It's gone through these, you know, n- number of hands, and it just keeps, you know, I guess the checks and uh, safety nets that are in place get watered down the further down the food chain, which they shouldn't. Get you know, but get watered further, watered down further down the food chain. You food chain <laughs> further down the chain that you go until you get to some pikey guy in a field who just has a massive mincer who's <laughs> just leading <laughs> old Nelly into it <laughs> with its hoof sticking out of it. <laughs> and then and then the inspector comes. That cow? Or that be cow? That be cow? You know, and he's just shoving in rabbits, just slinging them in there and all sorts, you know. And the neighbours, he's chucking them in as well. I mean... Like Fargo. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's just sitting there with a, a two-by-four, pushing his neighbour into the mincer. <laughs> it is, and I think that's the thing, is that... My, my idea was is that you see these big... You know, these big cuts of meat, and they're stamped with something, aren't they? They're stamped like an iron thing that says, you know, this is from wherever it is. And you would think, surely would think, that that meat is then goes to the big mincing kind of area, and they mince that down into such and such, and then that gets packed off to whoever else makes those god-awful meals anyway. And I, and I have to hop back to it. I'm sorry, but... I mean, please, please, just pick up a recipe book and make your own. It doesn't take that long. It's a very easy thing to make. 
yeah, the fact that oh god, I've, yeah, it's, I know he, it's, it's he, student meal, isn't it? Really, it's a it's a kind of single man watching football meal. Yeah, well, you know, there is a point where you get past those types of meals. I know when my wife went away one, you know, a couple of years ago, I went out and bought a load of ready-made meals to keep myself going, you know, in the same sort of vein as those meals. And I never, I think I ate one, and the rest of them just sat in the freezer. They're so god-awful bad. Oh, there's no meat in them. When, you, when you're having, like, a lasagna, I remember when I was a student, you kind of, like, lifting up the layers... And then there's these little speckledy like brown bits, you know. It's like a fish pie or anything that you get from these places. It's so much potato and absolutely nothing's in there. But uh, I don't know. I just despair. I just hope that I hope it's from this that people actually realise that you know you can get some mince and you chop up some onions and you get an egg and then you make your own burgers. It's that simple. You, know, you might even want to put some breadcrumbs into that whole mix, pack them all together. But it's that easy to make a burger and you get these pack of 20 god awful bloody things that are so wafer thin you know those ones that you sort of like you cook from frozen and you used to put them on the barbecue when you were kids or whatever and it started off about an inch thick and then reduced to kind of like something that the catholics give young children when they're doing their like you know their kind of Christo de Santi kind of like thing you know the wafer thin like nothing I just I just don't get it it's just you know I think the key is education, and maybe what they need to do is find all the people who buy these horrible meals and feed this awful food to their families and give them a gourmet burger and say, here, look, this here's a taste of what is out there and what is possible. Yes. You know, and change them. Yes. Because once you've eaten a gourmet burger, you're not going back to that cardboard patty. Well, like, there's another thing. I mean, if you were being completely kind of like awful, and I'll just have to be, and you just mentioned food chain, you if you are eating those fucking god-awful things, then you are pretty much at the bottom of the food chain. I have to say it. Let's just get it out there in the open. If you are prepared to get 20 burgers in a mass thing, and people say, well, it's all they can afford. I can only afford those. Well, why don't you eat some vegetables and stop eating all this fucking meat all the time? Learn how to cook. You know, everyone's just blamed on their on, on their lifestyle and everything else. It just doesn't take long to do those kind of things. It, it, it really doesn't, you know. You could probably just say, do you know what? We're going to stick... We're not just going to have horse meat in there. We're going to put in a nice bit of cyanide in there as well and then just start strimming off kind of, the kind of like moronic-like <laughs> elements of society that would bloody eat that shit in the first place. And let's try and get evolution back on track. Let's get evolution back on track to where we should be going which is turning into sort of seven foot tall um, mekon headed kind of strange space creatures that go and explore space rather than blowing each other up out of boredom you know yeah <laughs> and that's my theory on that so no, no I no, I agree I think we were having we had a quick conversation during the week about that didn't we about how we could chemically castrate people Yes. Through horse meat. Doctoring of something or other. Lazy foods. Yes. Deep frozen. Mum's gone to... <laughs> I'm buying a pack of this stuff. It's like, oh, honestly. And I know there's going to be a big argument out there, and there's people's probably getting quite irate listening to this and saying it's what only some people can afford, but I promise you, I promise you that you could make so many more of those meals 
and, and freeze them yourself and actually do a much better job because they, 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 they're so cheap and cheerful that, um, you know, they're obviously going to be not great. They're not going to be good quality. They are mass-produced god-awfulness. And the risk is is that you eating that awful, god-awful stuff is a chance there is going to be horse in there. Some poor little bloke's probably thinking, I don't have any more, any more cow. And he's there and he's tucking his horse hoof in there. He's tucking in his, like, you know, his boar tusks and anything else that he's found a sling in there. And he is probably, you know, because he hasn't got enough meat for the demand. Eat less meat as well. It's not good. Yeah, well, I think I, I think I, I, you make a good point, and and if I'm sure people have looked at it, and if you checked it, it's just as cost-effective to cook fresh food, buy mints, buy vegetables, make it yourself. It's no more expensive, so it is a case of being lazy. It is. So it is. Any angle that you can come from on that of the kind of light is what people. It's it's it's, it's laziness. I'm sorry. Mm. It's, could do your own mass-produced ones. You could freeze them, get a load more, just freeze whatever. You know, but, yeah. So anyway, there we go. So they're still investigating it, mate. It's still very much on all the politics. It always makes me laugh when all the politicians suddenly become so proactive when this shit hits the fan. Oh, we're going to be looking into this. We're going to be holding some sort of pointless uh, kangaroo court. Nothing's going to come from it kind of like deal. Um, you know, uh, it... Yeah, pointless. Like yeah, what I've what I've missed, and which I would have liked to have seen, is any sort of interviews with people who have categorically found out that they've been eating horse meat and what they've said and how they've reacted, which I imagine would be quite funny. I don't think they'd even know, mate. I really don't think in those things you even if they would have any inkling, you could give them a horse meat lasagna, badger lasagna, cow lasagna, <laughs> give it to them. They all, it all tastes shit, honestly. You know what's really awful about those kind of lasagna things, and my mind's harking back to them, is how soggy and sloppy they are. It's like you've basically got some big uh, jellied eel, kind of octopus, monstery, sludgy old big fucking greenie, slaps it in a plastic tray, hides it onto in a microwave, and then stuck it back out for something to eat. They are the most gruesome. I want everybody, any listener out there, just in your mind, just to hop back to the time when you ever had one of those lasagnas or you had a chef's pie or a fish pie that was microwavable. Just remember the watery sloppiness of it, like a big old booger. Yeah. See, but even when I was a student and had no money, I don't remember eating that bad. It would still be eating a lot of pasta, making sauces. You know, maybe tuna was a luxury, but... Uh, I don't remember ever eating stuff that bad. I was like Lloyd Coleman. I used to have like tuna out of a can and juice. My, my cooking skills were basically opening a can of tuna, pouring mayonnaise on it. And that, was, <laughs> that was called tuna surprise. Yeah, man, tuna pasta, tuna mayo. <laughs> no, I didn't even have. I didn't even put any pasta in. I was just eat it out of a can. I must have put me next to one of the dogs and just slop some of the dog food in there, and I'd have quite happy eating that next to them as well. Well, the irony is you weren't eating tuna, you are eating dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I know. I mean, there's probably more beef in dog meat than there are in a... F- <laughs> no, there might not be. Sorry. F- <laughs> I'm sure you're, 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 you know. Don't assume. I haven't got any money anyway. Okay, so let's move on to cinema etiquette. Cinema etiquette. 
which was something... I can't remember how we got onto the cinema etiquette, but we started talking about it. Um, I don't like going to the cinema. We've mentioned that before. I just don't, really. I get annoyed with other people around me. I didn't give... Ultimately, I'd like to be a billionaire and have my own cinema. So I can just sit in the middle of it with no one else. There's obviously... We could have a massive rant about people's behavior, which we've probably done before. But I was thinking of ways that we could... That th- what could help solve the problem of cinema, cinema etiquette? How could make things better? And I came up with two ideas, and I don't know how you think about this. One, I think we should bring back intermissions in movies. Movies are too long, right? Two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah. Bring back the intermission. Let people relax. Make it more... problem with going to the cinema is you're rushing to get there, you're trying to beat the queues, you're getting annoyed with paying so much for your popcorn and your drink, you're fighting to find a seat, and then you've got to sit there for your two, two and a half hours, and then you're kicked out again and you just get out. And it's not really a very fun going out experience. Maybe it is if you go to the pub beforehand or go for whatever, but there's nothing at the cinema, which is that I consider to be a a social experience, which I get the feeling back in the golden ages it used to be. Well, there there used to be, you know, in the old cinemas, you'd have that kind of like grand staircase that you'd go up and it would filter off to the various different like cinema screens that you were going to watch and you'd have someone coming along selling ice creams and what have you and God knows why they did that. I mean, crikey, how, how annoying would that be now if you had somebody going, do you have nice grits? Fuck off, I'm watching the film. What are you doing coming along here trying to sell me your hog and dars? I'm trying to watch this. Ah, oh, you see, yeah, well, you miserable old thingy, I think that'd be quite nice, you know. It doesn't have to be that. She's not going to get in your face and say, you know, he or she is not going to get in your face and just, and, you know, be in front of you while you're trying to watch the film. You might well, just you're put just your hand up. Pick. How can it not be? A, why is it woman? could be a man. That's why I said he or I said Did he you? or she. I thought you said he, she. Yeah. He, she. <laughs> I want a transsexual <laughs> selling me an ice cream. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. At least that brings some entertainment. If you had like a, a, a big seven foot kind of like, you know, bloke in drag going up and down selling ice creams, I think that'd be quite amusing. At least they could reach over and get you your ice cream. That used to bring people together because you'd have your ice cream passed down, wouldn't you? But I still, I, I need a silence. Yeah. It's almost like a kind of like a, uh, a, a, an experience of meditating going to see a film. From the moment that it starts, and this is the other thing, mate, can, can we get rid of credits? I don't give a shit who you are, what, what you've done and where you produced it and who acts in it. All I want to do is just get straight into the film. Why do we have to have credits? Who cares who you are? You're supplying a service. When someone comes round and fits my cooker or washing machine, he doesn't give me a roll call of everybody that's been involved in that process. I don't care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. Well, one of the things that I think... Uh, so I think they should bring back intermission. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. In the middle. Have a break. Let everyone go, you know, just have a breather for ten minutes. Well, the, the good thing about that, mate, ten was of- you used to have a little chance to have a little talk about what's going on. It brings yeah. people together. You go, oh, you know the bloke they're doing the such and such, and, yeah, and then you'd have a little conversation. Yeah, especially if you've got a movie where you're trying to figure yeah. something out. you'd all have your different theories. If you're watching Inception or something like that, absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. a very good idea. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, you know, like I was saying, to me, maybe something to bring, make it more of a social... Well, this that makes it more of a social thing, is... Uh, 
bring back the old days, maybe having the national anthem sung at the before you <laughs> before the film you starts. Are just, what? What? But, what? <laughs> and I was thinking, but maybe not so much the national anthem, but they should have someone come out who should do a crowd sing sing along. Let's have everyone come on. Let's I think we should have Jugglers and the movie starts. in there. Yeah, that's getting too expensive. <laughs> oh my word! I, I, Something. Well, yeah, you could have an entertainer that comes on just before the film, and he basically juggles while the, the pointless credits of people that no one cares about. You know, and now they're trying to be clever. They're, they're now putting in the credits where they actually give you a little bit more of the film, so you have to watch who directed it, who did it. No one cares. Leave that to, to Hollywood to, or, or whoever. But I don't really care what you did in it. I don't care if you're the clapper man, the grip, the such and such, even the actors, I don't even care who you are. You're just basically f- fulfilling a role. Excuse the pun. I'll... Yeah, well, they can have all that at the end. I know a lot of the films now, at the end, they'll have sort of a bonus scene, you know, which is if you stick around to the end of the credits, then you'll get to see a bonus scene. I think almost every film is doing that but these days. But it's the most, honestly, mate, it goes back to this kind of self-serving actor-like thing, you know. It, it is a long process, and, and we really literally want to get in there, and I want to cut down the amount of adverts that you throw at us before we even see a film as well. I think that needs to go. That ruins it for me. You have the whole drama of getting to the film, and you've got... Go and buy 100 100 ice cream. Go and buy such and such, blah, blah, blah. Here's a new car. Here's some sort of clever advert for Orange. Here's blah. I don't... I, why? I didn't pay for this. You've already charged me 10 quid to come into the cinema in the first place. And I also think that... And we've got this now in the UK where it's an over, like, 25, so you don't have kids talking. It brings out the worst parts of human nature, the fidgeters, the people who've got piles and are constantly scratching their ass, people who've got their mobile phones beeping all the bloody time. My dog's got an erection at the moment. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we went to see... We went to the movies, you know, not long ago, and I could feel my, my seat kept... Moving, I thought someone's banging my seat behind me. Like, what is going on? I thought, okay, well, maybe they've got you know long legs or whatever, and the knees <coughs> keep banging the back or whatever. That's okay, yeah. And then after a while, it just got to a point where it's just I got I got to say say something here. So I turned round. <laughs> oh man, I do not want to see that. Right, just go back to a little about thirty seconds ago what Jeremy mentioned, and now what I've just seen on Skype. He doesn't know what to do with it. He freezes. And then he kind of like... He jolts back and forth with his pepper army coming out. It's so embarrassing. I'm just glad that I'm not religious and you have vicars or or nuns coming around for a nice cup of tea. They've just got their little pinky up and their little, like, you know, cup and saucer. And he just comes out with his big old donger pumping his fists. Go on, mate. Go away. I am quite shocked. <laughs> oh I'm sorry. You were you were you were saying just before I showed you. Yeah. So my seats seats getting bumped, and I turn around to say something, and then what it uh, what I see is this girl behind me. She's not bumping my seat. She's got her foot up on the seat, <gasps> and then I look, and there's her foot, like you know, on the next seat next to me, up on the headrest. So her foot is a foot away from my head, oh. and I'm like. Where, where do you pass? At what point in your life do you think it? Do you suddenly think it's okay to stick your foot that close to someone else's head? When does that ever happen? 
Maybe in sport. But you get a yellow card for that. I don't know. It's just what is your what is wrong with oh. you? But you, you, I hope you said something. Like what? Seriously, I have did. A big boyfriend? I did. did you check him out first. Didn't no, you? he was. Luckily, she, no, uh. she didn't. And like you know, whatever. But I said something. It's just like you know, can you move your foot? What? Just shocking. I think that's why I hated the Dark Knight. Because you had someone's foot in your head. Probably. It's just what? Can you? What are you possibly thinking? How do you possibly <coughs> think that's acceptable? I feed her a. Go back, go eat your horse meat for dinner. <laughs> this is when you want to have the god gun comes out, and you basically just have a quick little dial of a phone, and they come along. Yeah, what's the problem here? We've got an evolutionary situation. It's all right. So, yeah, this woman's parents obviously haven't been able to bring her up to a certain level where I don't want her fucking feet next to my head. Can you just use the gun? And they just go, sorry, madam, it's, it's for the sake of future generations. They plug her there and then. A corpse gets dragged out of the cinema and you can just rest and just carry on with what you were viewing, you know, and, and the world can carry on because, yeah, mate, that, pushing at the back of the chair on the, on the airlines, you just basically want to go, God, God, gun person, can you come come along? Oh, yeah, we've got another one. Drag them off, go and use them for scientific experiments. Uh, I mean, yeah, ugh. See, that, that's... That, that, I don't know. That, you see, the thing is, my wife doesn't actually take me to the cinema. She's so worried about what's possibly going to happen those sort of situations go on where you have that or you have somebody that just seems to think it's acceptable to be on their phone during the film or whatever that we can't go to sort of like orange Wednesdays where you get two for one we can't go at the weekend you know when there's going to be mass amounts of people or when a film first comes out because it's just going to end up in in, in, in anger so, so what did she say when you said about it you've got your stinking smelly feet next to my head I think you just, you know, just, oh, sorry, or whatever, and put her foot down, but I don't know. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Just, I don't know, speechless, speechless. Yeah. So, you know, uh, <sighs> I'm speechless now, mate. You, you just basically made me totally miserable for the sake of evolution. <laughs> Bring the god gun out. We need it. Okay, well, let's move on to, ev- you know, t- no one's exempt from e- from this evolutionary process. And here's another example of someone who just... I, I, so I'm up taking the taking the kids uh, sledding the other day. So we're up on sledding with the kids. And at the top of the hill, the kids are running up and down and all the parents are sort of, you know, helping the kids get the sleds up and we're all having a good time. And there's this woman up there. She's got... And it's cold. It's the middle of winter. It's cold, snowy. And she's there, and she's got her iPad out. Just tapping away on whatever it is on the iPad on the top of this hill, with the kids all screaming and running around. And I was just thinking, can Is that... I'm speechless again. You see, you, so you what? made me speechless with the feet situation. <laughs> and my god gun theory. And, and what? So her kids are going, come on, mommy, let's go down the hill. And she's just there on an iPad the whole time. Oh, yeah. man. You know, these. a friend of mine at work, guy I work with, said it, you know, summed it up pretty well. He said, you know what, the times with your kids when you're doing that sort of stuff are limited. You, you're not going to be doing that forever. There is a time when you really should be putting that stuff down. Can you not survive off Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is you're on there for... Half an hour when you're out with your kids? See, her argument is, I, I got business to do. I got to do such and such. And it's like, you know, 
I'm, I'm good enough at my job that I get my work done in the fucking hours that I'm given the job to do. I don't have to sit on a train with my laptop typing away like some twat because I can get shit done quickly. Why can't you get stuff done quickly? You know, and these are, you, you, you've got this great thing of taking your kids out for a bit of fun. You know, snow. I mean, we rarely get enough snow here to actually do, sort of do the sledging thing. But I just will wish that people sort of said, do you, do you think that's normal? You're here to have fun with your kids and you're on your... Didn't you feel tempted to say, so what, what are you doing? You feel, you, what, what are you doing? Get your knuckles off the ground, love. You should have taken her iPad, stepped on it like some sort of like... <laughs> I should have taken the iPad and gone down yeah, the hill on it. Absolutely, gone down. And Let's have a go on your yeah, sled. Let's have a go on your, on Get your, on that. You said your eye sled. <laughs> so that made me despair. That made me sad. It is. Why? Just put it away. It is, I, I, For half an hour. Uh, well, going back to that, I just despair with people that are on trains typing away. It's like do your work when in your hours. You know. As though you're doing something that's important. If you got, you, do you feel important with your laptop doing that sort of stuff? Do you feel that you know that you're typing in your little crappy document because you can't seem to do stuff within the hours? I mean, how much time do you need to do that? Yeah, but I, and I don't agree with it, mate. I, They're trying to bring a, a, a phones onto the underground now. It's like we've enjoyed the piece by not having some fuckwit next to me going, "Yeah, let's let's just get that deal done. It's a proactive deal there. I'm going to get a team play together to get it all done. I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. We're going to get it all together. It's going to be great." And I'm just saying, "Oh, shut your fucking mouth. Put your phone fucking away and let me have some fucking peace." That's what we're on the underground for, is to be miserable, look at the signs, not make eye contact. I don't want you speaking on your phone and fucking annoying me. And then there's some, these people that come out then with a sudden amount of like stats they pull out of their arse that somehow productivity is reduced because they can't use their phone on the underground. It's like it's not. It's our moment of peace. Don't have them on planes. Don't have them in cinemas. Don't have them on trains. Don't have them in any like bus or whatever. We do not want to hear your shit. We are not fucking interested in your shit. Yeah, well, I agree with that. I don't think you need to hear somebody on the phone. You know, if someone wants to type away on an pa- iPad on the train, well, whatever, you know, it's the same as reading a book. You haven't really got a problem with that. I mean, but. it's not just that. It's the, where they're playing their game and they haven't got their headphones. So you're and you've just got the whole time when you've just been working all day and you're thinking about, you know what, I just want to switch off now. And I go, and everyone's just looking at this person. And because everyone's so English, they're just kind of like daggers. You know, he's getting stabbed in the back so many times by all these different people. And someone wants the God Gun man to come out and just go, drag him out. And no one says anything. And do you know what, mate? We've got trains as well where we've got this kind of like quiet zones. And I swear to God, you always get fuckers in there on their fucking phones talking about their proactive team plan. Yeah, let's get that deal done. Let's get that deal done. Oh, I hate it. I, I just sometimes feel that I'd like to just move to Iceland or somewhere, uh, Greenland or somewhere where there just isn't people around with their little technical bollocks going on all the time. You know, like the cinema. Stuff. Yeah, but you'd be so bored. I don't know. I, I'd go back to nature and chop logs. You know, I chop logs and fish, and, and find enjoyment out of stuff that isn't just constantly staring into the void of a of a machine. Really? I would honestly. I would. 
Can you really imagine what it would be like being stuck with you and you alone? <laughs> what a reenactment of The Shining. <laughs> the Shining on your own. You're talking to me? No. You're talking to me. Stop looking at me like that. I'm looking at you. Yes, you are. <laughs> you know, they would. I just, I would actually. I'd okay. end up stabbing myself in the head. Well, you sort of segued uh, onto trains, and you said there was a railway being built. You, that was something you were going to cover? Yes, mate. It links in quite nicely with the trains. Um, we, we currently, there's the Conservatives, God bless them, and they're kind of like, let's look after our own attitude. They, uh, they want to build a £32 billion rail link that will take 20 years and go from London to Leeds. And um, you can obviously imagine that, you know, we seem to be able to drill through the Earth's core and, and connect ourselves with France, even though many people are quite happy just to go on the boats, but we've now fully connected to France, um, that we, it's going to take 20 years. And the reason why it will take 20 years is because basically there, there's going to be so many kind of like, res- so much resistance to, to, to land grabs where they're going to have to use the land push people out of their homes or whatever to, to put down this bloody thing that it will take that length of time but, and, and out of this there's some wonderful stories where a woman has, has bought a field and she's divided it up into certain sections and then sold those sections off so the government will have to go to every single person and get their agreement for like a foot of land <laughs> which I just think is such a superb idea that it will just be dragged down in kind of like ridiculous kind of court case and such like to try and get you know these train tracks down and then and then you hear all of this you know and you and, and you're thinking gosh this is going to be such an enormous hassle gosh it's going to be such a great expense when we're supposed to be turning about gosh it's going to be such a pain and then they say and then the benefit will be 40 minutes off your journey if i'm spending 32 billion pounds i want to be fucking teleported there i want to be teleported like some star trek thing from one bit to the other for that kind of money not just 40 minutes, 40 minutes, I spent 40 minutes on the loo, what we, that, that, that's no great benefit whatsoever of doing that, 40 Is there a massive benefit to this, yeah, well, or is this isn't. some sort of project, is there, is this a, I sometimes wonder whether these things, is there a massive public benefit, or is this a project that needs to be put in place to line the pockets of massive construction companies that have their secret handshakes with the MPs behind the scenes, or have, you know, somebody high up who's on the board, connected with government, who says, you know what, we need some work for the next 10 or 15 years. Let's put this rail link in. Don't really need it, but let's do it, and it'll keep us in work for the next Absolutely, 20 years. Mate. There is some, I'm a useless MP. I want to become a consultant. We'll pay you a £1,000 a day. Just, just let this thing go through. It's a, it's a great idea. Oh, really? Yeah, just, let, just let it go through. It's because there is, mate, and because the, the, the MPs, you know, when we found out how close they were with the newspapers and how the police were so close with the newspapers, you know, this whole theory that this is all, all these dark kind of like um, handshakes, you know, over, over a nice meal at the Ivy and all the rest of it is some sort of mythical beast. It's not. It's a very much a reality that this stuff kind of goes on especially in the defence sector and all the other areas where, you know, you're getting MPs that suddenly lose their seats and then are suddenly hired in a consultancy capacity by these guys. You know, it's worth them paying them 100 grand just to get their, their, their stuff pushed through. And it is, mate. This is a little bit like, if I can describe this and put this into sort of like an image, this is literally like having a little town 
and the town needs doing up really um, it needs such and such but you just decide that you're just not going to do that you're going to put in the monorail or something like that else and you're not actually looking at the town and the roads are all knack and everything else you're thinking you know what we don't need to do any of that we'll just put in the monorail like they did in the Simpsons and you think you don't need that and we don't need a 32 pound uh, 32 billion pound train line you need to look at the trains themselves you need to look at the stations that are crap and overcrowded stop looking at some we're going to get 40 minutes off our journey by putting in high speed rail link no look at the actual real situation of the stuff that doesn't work at the moment you know it's ridiculous or the overcrowding on the underground and the way that that works and there's not you know the trains are always breaking down you know get the stuff sorted out the infrastructure rather than these dream projects Honestly, mate, I, I despair really because MPs and these guys that make all these sort of like decisions, they come from such a sort of like ignorant fucking lawyer kind of counsellor background. They never come from someone like a, a Richard Branson or someone where they've actually had to be a successful one. They do. They come from fucking idiotic, self-serving, bureaucratic, shitty fucking jobs where they've got no fucking idea what they're doing anyway, and where they can be constantly bailed out by the the. the taxpayer anyway to make these ludicrous decisions and this is another one of them yeah well you know what that is that's the uh the career politician which i think we've touched on them before but it's you know what possible kind of genetic makeup must you have to be a career politician oh, yeah, <laughs> I had Miliband. He's our he's our leader. He's a he's a sort of um, your leader, leader glorious leader. And I'm, I'm part of the most undiagnosed, plodding, stupid, plodding briefcase carrying to school kind of dickhead that you would never fucking want leading anything. He couldn't even lead the Congress at an office party. I wouldn't even let him cross the street to do anything. And he is there because his mum said. Ed, you're going to be a leader. You'll be great to be a leader. <laughs> and, like, to, to, and, and, and David Cameron, where his teacher said, David, your parents have paid us a considerable amount of money to tell you that you're going to be a leader too. So we're going to make you uh, and say that you're a great leader and, 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 and we're going to push you all through debating societies and various different decisions because we've been paid to tell you that you have the brilliance of being a leader. And these fuckers have never gone for any adversity. They've never gone for any real challenges in their lives. They've literally just been streamlined for the kind of terrible, tiresome kind of preschool where they've been parents are paid to get their you know get them up to a very high standard of education then they go to public school where their parents are paid for their qualifications then they go to oxford where their parents are paying for them to get there first and then they go into some politics just to wreck shit and through all that smooth silky mole underbelly kind of like lovely fluffy environment they've gone through nothing that's made them a man i honestly would say the first thing i'd say is i want a psychological test why you think that you actually are a leader of men because you just don't resemble it. You look like a, a, a roof of gutters, your slopping, shouldering, kind of like unmanly look. You know, one of my favourite stories going back from a while <laughs> is, remember when... <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I've got such high blood pressure, honestly, I tell you. I know, we need to, we'll bring you down. Okay, grab the rope, people, bring him down again. He's flying away! Get him! He's going away! Oh, here he comes. Give him some... I always, uh, I always love this story back when William Hague was around. When you remember when he said that he had a job delivering beer, and he said he used to drink about six or seven pints of beer every day, and the whole country was just like, "Mate, you are full of shit." 
if you if you look for William Hague, he he's got a thing of him fifteen or sixteen year years old going to the Tory Party conference and going, "Well, my whippet, when I was going on to theatre, and I think that the Conservative Party have a lot of potential in doing various different great things." And you're thinking, mate, you should be out there fingering girls and having some fun and drinking white lightning somewhere. What the fuck are you doing at the Tory Party conference, spouting your rubbish? Go and be a teenager. For God's sake, you know, again, he's a briefcase carrier. You know the kind of like, plodder that took a briefcase to school that you just hated? Let's be honest, I didn't bully them, but I, I did hate them because they took briefcases. That is your average MP. These undynamic, ungo-getting kind of wankers that we just seem to vote in all the time and then moan about. I just want someone who looks like a man. I want somebody, even a woman that looks like a man, because most of the women do look like men. Um, that are MPs. I just want someone that looks like a leader. I want someone that's like Genghis Khan. I want some big hulking monster, you know, like a, a kind of like a Dolph Lundgren kind of like big guy, or the guy that was on the um, the Green Mile who looks like you know you could go into battle with him and he would just take people out with his you know with swords and stuff. <laughs> that's what I want. I don't want these little weasley little bank manager like type. Hello, can I help you? Hello, can I help you? Yeah, well, where are the other people? Who can do these? How do we get them in there? That's the question. I don't know. We'll have to give that some yeah. thought. Let's start a party up. What are your leaders like over in Canada? Same. <laughs> Isn't it miserable? Even Obama, right? I'm sorry, but he looks like a bit of a weasel, kind of shoulder-slopping kind of like guy. Whereas if you... Yeah, I get the feeling with Obama, it's like... Uh, hang on. Have you lost yeah, no, me? Back. Yeah, Okay, uh, yeah, I'm getting the impression that Obama really now after it, now we're into Obama's second term. It's uh, um, yeah, okay. He's the people's choice. Only by a very narrow margin. He didn't win that much. By a narrow margin, and really, he's no better than the rest of them. None of them are really radical enough, are they? I don't know if you can be radical in America, though. At that. Well, aren't they mostly and owned by sort China? Of Don't they own, own, own trillions? Or mostly China buys up all their debt. So they, they're basically China rules. Well, China does rule. And then you've got all the conspiracy of the, of the, of the federal bank owning, you know, most of everything behind the states. The federal bank being the sort of big scam where the federal bank is privately owned and lends the money to America at interest. Which uh, there's a very good film called Zeitgeist, which you should watch, which is on Netflix. Uh, it, yeah, I don't know. It, the, the power, the power in America doesn't come from the politicians or from. It all comes from the money men behind the scenes, you know. But that's a whole other. Mel story. Gibson said it was the that's, Jews. Well, maybe it is. You know, what, uh, who, uh, the, yeah, but the big Jewish families with money, maybe I don't well, know. His argument. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to pick words in his mouth. I think. It's the bankers. The reason why Israel's situation has never been resolved is because America constantly sticks up there because of the amount of Jewish people that are in high positions. Now, I, I'm not anti-Semitic in any way. There's absolutely not. In fact, I think there's some Jewish blood in in, in my veins. Um, but what I I kind of like sometimes feel is that, and I think Bill Hicks said this, is that there are the, 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 you know, the politicians and then they think they're going to come in with their big ideas and then they have to go into this darkened room and in that room there are you know, these guys that run all the corporations and they say, so what, what are you going to do then, uh, Prime Minister Blair? What are you going to do, um, 
President uh, Obama. Um, well, I've got this idea, and I'm going to change this, and we're going to go look to the stars, and we're going to do this, and I'm going to get people healthy, and I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. And then you get, no, just hold it. And then and the leader with a big cigar just goes, no, hold it there. You ain't going to be doing any of that. What you're going to do is you're going to cut down on the corporation tax. You're going to allow us to put some of this polluting, radioactive shit into the sea. You're going to blow and <clears throat> And that, to be honest, although, you know, creates this wonderful imagery of that sort of scene, it's pretty much how it works, that we're going to fund your presidential, you know, you know your candidacy, and then we're going to do this, and, and you're going to pay us back pretty much sell out your ass to us really that's how it works mate yeah I don't know and then we're told it's all democracy and it's the land of the free like it's supposed to be here and it's just no I don't doubt it for a second I don't doubt that England's any different I'm not sure how bad it is here in Canada but I'm sure it's pretty similar we do get a sense in Canada that you know we're a little bit more honest than that but I don't know how, how much there's still some terrible deals that go through in terms of defence spending and this and that. And it's well, that, that's the thing, you know. You know I mean, on, on that side, because if you constantly have someone bailing you out all the time, i.e., the taxpayer, you can make some absolutely horrendous decisions, and, and there's no and there's no accountability whatsoever. In our country, you can make some absolutely stinking decisions, like they decided on the BBC to block the story about Jimmy Savile, who was a prolific paedophile. Um, and the guy leaves with 450 grand in his pocket for allowing that to kind of like story to be stopped. Failure is constantly rewarded in this country at the highest level. You know, and he'll go on to some other job and probably get paid an awful lot of money doing that as well. And you're just thinking, well, if I made that decision in my little life, I hand out paper clips in the office kind of like level. I'm, I'm, I'm sacked and that's that. And then I have to try and explain in my CV to the next job of why I was sacked because I was so used to handing out my paper clips to, to people. Um, I'm yeah, just lie on your CV. Yeah, that's what we just change that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, you you embellish it. All don't right. You? Uh, yeah, you know what? I don't think I haven't had a, used a CV for about the last eight years, so that's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, start wrapping up. Going back towards movies. Anything that you've watched? I saw some film with Kira Knightley. And um, one of your favourite actors, the guy that was in... Um, God, what's he been? He seems to be in everything at the moment. He's got a very strange name. You know, the Irish guy? He was no. in um, X-Men, sort of the, the, the latest one where he plays Magneto. Fassbender. Oh, uh, yes, Michael Fassbender. He, He's not my favourite. Where'd you get oh, that from? Oh, was it Guy Pearce? No. Like, I like Guy no, no. Pierce, yeah. Well, anyway, he's in this, and Keira Knightley just basically spends... And it's, we could only watch 10, 15 minutes of it. It's based on... Kind of <laughs> Mark's out of 10. <laughs> minus five. She makes the strangest faces. She hams her way through it. She's one of those, and I'm using this term loosely, actresses, in inverted commas, that shouldn't really be doing anything. Um, she should literally be on play school looking at Big Ted and telling Big Ted that, you know he needs to wear a new jacket or something. She's the most talentless, strange-looking, like, woman, man, boy that you've ever seen. And she's crapping it. So we watched 10 minutes of that. Terrible film. Does this film have a name? This film, I have got no idea. You know, it's one of those films I watched on Love Films. <laughs> if anybody's got Love Films, do see if you can find it because she makes the funniest faces. <laughs> like, like she's in some sort of mass gurning competition. 
Yeah, mate. How about you? Uh, we watched Argo the other day. I won a lot of awards. Very. Yeah, you know what? It's worth it. Is it? It was good. Yeah, it was very good. So I'm not going to spoil it for you or cover too much about it. Uh, I'd definitely give it uh, a 8 out of 10. Yeah, it was good. Very entertaining. I got to admit, you know, I'm not a massive, haven't been a massive Ben Affleck fan. He's always run very hot and cold, mainly lukewarm to cold. He's a bit like Mini Driver. You look uh, at Mini Driver and all you see is this box head, a little bit like David Coulthard. You often wonder if Mini Driver and David Coulthard have kids, they'd literally just give birth to a cardboard box. And with Ben Affleck, it's his chin. He's got his beard now covering, but he had the most ridiculous Kenny Everett. You know when Kenny Everett used to play that Frenchman with a big chin? This is going back. Many people won't know this reference, but he's got the biggest chin, man. His chin is to go over. It's like this big bum chin that was just there. 15 foot into the camera. If he were doing 3D, everyone would just be ducking every time his chin swang into position. Yeah, well, he covers his chin this time with a beard. Uh, but it was good. Very good film. Very suspenseful. Uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, I've watched some other stuff, but that was the main one. So I would definitely recommend you check that out. Anything else? Um, uh, I watched The Dictator last night, Sasha Baron Cohen. It's pretty... It's a... Uh, it was all right. I was definitely laughing a lot at some points. But it's not a good film. You see, the, the thing is with that, mate, is we, we, I, I actually started watching a little bit of it. I have to admit... And it dawned on me that Borat and the the, uh, the Bruno one, a lot of those scenes aren't kind of filmed as you think they are, in my eyes. I mean, it seems very set up. And then when you see The Dictator, and it's kind of done more as a sort of like a film film rather than a kind of The Dictator's yeah. done as a film film. But you realise that some of the scenes that you thought were... Uh, were, were, were done in a live environment have actually been very well staged and he's not taking these yeah, enormous risks uh, that you originally kind of gave him an awful lot of credit for. No, I think he did. But, I mean, ultimately, at the end of it, I thought Borat was hilarious. I didn't think though, the one after that... With, what was the other one? Bruno. The fashion one? I didn't think... Yeah, I didn't think that was very oh, good. Uh, and The Dictator had its moments that made me laugh. So, five out of ten. Five out of ten? That's not very good. Yeah, half of it was rubbish. The other half, uh, there was points where I was laughing, so uh, five out of ten. Um, would you like to do a bit of a movie quiz? Come on, then. All right, I've got a list of top ten movie cars. Can you name any? Mustang. From what? Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that, that is, is in there. there. Okay. Yes. Um, 1968. 1968 Mustang GT390. Do you know, that's such a beautiful car, um, and uh, that's such an uh, iconic film with that. that. Uh, okay, um, the car out of Blockbusters, I don't know, it's a French car, isn't it? It looks like a big hearse. Blockbusters? Blockbusters, Ghostbusters. Oh, Ghostbusters car, <laughs> Blockbusters. <laughs> right. The wholeness in there. Uh, no, that's, that's not, not on their list. Yeah, but it should be. Porsche in the Porsche in, in Ferris Bueller. No. What? That's Not on a there. wonderful car. Okay, a Lamborghini, yeah, whatever it is, Contash or whatever it is, Mustache. The Lamborghini Mustache. Stash. 
in in, in what? Well, Miami Vice is probably where it used to be, but it's probably it's, Cannonball yeah, Run it's too. Yeah, been in that. It's been in no Dumb and not Dumber. In there. No. Oh God. Um, uh, can you give me a hint? Are we talking classic cars, or are we talking kind of like new movies? It's movies, movies. Okay. Okay, I'll give you a hint for... Uh, okay, if you think of the Kuntash and Cannonball Run, think of another Burt Reynolds film. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, oh, the, 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 oh, I know one. 1977, yes. Pontiac. Yeah, that black thing. Trans Am. Yeah, that's a cool car. There's somebody She's around here that has one of those. She's all that stuff out of things. Yeah. Great movie. Oh, the... Yeah. Somebody around, yeah. Somebody around here has one of those cars. I love it. It just looks like a. Don't beast. It have the eagles and stuff on the front bonnet. Yeah, big flaming eagles. <laughs> They're that subtle. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And it's things like that make me love America, right? They just don't uh, care. The Ford GT. Let's just take a car. Yeah, the Ford GT. Yeah, big white yeah. down. The car from Back to the Future, the Pontiac. Was not the Pontiac. Well, the um, DeLorean. DeLorean. Yeah. Yep, 1981 DeLorean. Yep, that's in here. Um, okay, you're running out of okay. space now. Go on then, let's have some then. I don't know whether you... Okay, I'll tell you what, you've missed one, which you should be able to get. Uh, and it's a Bond car. Oh, gosh, the um, Aston Martin DB5, is it? Yeah, spot on, mate, that's number yeah. one. 1964 Aston Martin DB5 in gold. Hasn't that returned in, in, in Skyfall? I haven't seen Skyfall, so we I can't... We need to see that and give that a sure. review, mate, because I think that's got... Um, uh, it's supposed to be brilliant. <clears throat> yeah, well, we need to coordinate with that, so let me know when you're going to okay. watch that, and, and we'll do the same. Okay, I'll run through the okay. ones that we missed, uh, and I don't agree with this one. After this... So, Aston Martin DB5 from Goldfinger, uh, the Tumblr from Batman Begins. What? <laughs> it's not a bloody car! It's just some sort of I know, that's thing. lame. You know, they, they should have had the Batmobile from the 1960s. Yeah, that sold, didn't it? That sold for yeah. 1.8 million? Something yeah. like that. It's ridiculous. Classic, though. Yeah. Oh, is really. the um, Jaguar E-Type in there from um, from Austin Powers? That's where it's got the big British flag on. Is that the E-Type? No. No. Oh, that's a great car. Okay. No. Uh, okay, yeah, the Trans Am from Smoking the Bandit. Uh, there was another Bond one, the 1976 Lotus Esprit from oh, Spy Who yes, Loves the Me. White Beast. The one that goes in the yeah, water. That's co- See, that's when Bond <laughs> was great. You know? But anyway, yeah? No way, that was so bad, that was the worst time of no, Bond that's films. Pussy, and that was great, that film. No, Spy Who Loves Me, it, anything it? with Roger Moore was just a crit. Car crash. That awful Living movies. Let Die was was genius. He actually managed yeah, to do that. Right. Apart from that poor black woman who just was just came across so badly. That did nothing for uh, forwarding the the black cause. I think it was dreadfully, dreadful, dreadful, but stereotype, terrible. Anyway. <laughs> okay. After that, thirty-two Ford Coupe from American Graffiti. This must be an American list. That's not for us. That's, if, you've, if you've seen that film and that car, I think that's the one that Harrison Ford drives, and it's just wonderful. It's got all the engine out the front. You see it when they when they used to sort of you know be there polishing cars, and they were beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. it says here the climactic drag race 
pits Paul Lamatt in the 32 Ford against an equally tough-looking 55 Chevy driven by Harrison. Oh, he's Ford. in a Chevy, is he? 55 yeah, okay, Chevy. Sorry. Yeah. Right. The 32 Ford smokes the Chevy off the line, yeah. and halfway down the road, the Chevy flies off the road, flips and blows. Uh, after that, 1981 DeLorean, Back yep. to the Future. Uh, the Mustang from Bullet. Great car. 1970 Dodge Challenger from Vanishing Point. I'm not sure what that is. Dodge Challenger, I know what that is, but Vanishing Point, the movie, uh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay. Uh, 1973 GT Ford Falcon from Australia. Australian oh, is film. that the um, Mad Max? Yeah. Yes. That's a great That's car. a good... Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool car. That's when cars used to just sound like thunder was coming behind them. You know, when they had bulls and designers used to just make big, meaty cars. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one is a 1970 Dodge Charger from the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, you could have got... But- Ghostbusters in there. Yeah, but that, that. car's a cla- well, this, we're, we're talking about um, meathead cars. Well, you know, I, I, I thought they'd have sort of like the cars that have made a classic appearance. Yeah, well, I thought Chitty Chitty Bang Bang would be in there. I'm glad it's not. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let's just finish off then with. Uh, we'll skip gaming then for this week. We are probably running into time now. I'm going to just uh, cover some tweets and stuff. Uh, thanks to Gav who retweeted about one of our episodes uh, just getting the word out there thank you very much for that uh, actually I had a twit these are the twitters I missed last week so I'm running a bit behind on these we had one from Shawnee Boy who said uh, he's waiting for a rant about dirty cheating overpaid Chelsea prima donnas assaulting poor defenseless ball boys <laughs> well, you were, yes well that, do you know what? We'll have a discussion about that next on, on the next one. I think that's a very good one from, from Sean. Um, uh, this is the, the situation where a ball boy during a, a match with Cardiff, the, the, the kid was kind of like the oldest ball boy ever, and he should have actually got into acting, I think, from what was discussed. But he held on to the ball longer than um, about passing back to the Chelsea player, and the Chelsea player got quite angry and started kicking at him to kick, get the ball out from underneath him. Wasn't a greatest moment in football. Nah, yeah, but I don't think many people have sympathy for the ball boy. They, do they don't. I mean, you were getting all sorts of tweets going on around that that they, he should have been kicked harder um, from a certain football player that seems to always basically be aggressive and probably denying his his uh, sexual issues. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have a we should have a football episode yes. one day. Uh, well, that, that, oh, well. uh, there is another. Another one here from Kev Atkinson said, doing well catching up on my podcasts. Uh, find I agree with most things, but not the Dark Knight. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's going to He's wrong. He's wrong. He is wrong. I'm sorry, <laughs> mate. Please watch it again. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Cool. So that's the Twitters. If you want to find us there, we're on Twitter at TransRant. Put many Twitters out to uh, our Twitter followers. You there tweeting? Well, not too regularly. I did a couple yesterday. I think you need to use uh, it as your kind of like dictaphone. As soon as you see an incident, it needs to be on there, and we, we lock it in there for the next discussion. Yeah, but the problem is with Twitter is I don't actually like it. I'll switch it on. Like, there's no way I could have a constant Twitter feed to my phone or something like that because there's so many comes in. I literally will turn on Twitter 
type a Twitter message and there's already six new ones that have come in from other people. I just can't read them all. There's too many. It's just flooded. <laughs> flooded. For some reason, you know, well, we're following about 600 people on the Trans Rants Twitter. So, you know, there's just masses of tweets. Uh, and then I sort of wonder, well, how diluted are my Twitters that I send out, Darren? Is anyone reading them? Some people do. Some people, you get the odd response. So, yeah, I'll try and send out more. People like that. It's not my thing. But, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, so we're off to hit the Canadian winter. We have lots of snow and it's cold, and I'm going to take the kids skating. So I'm going to enjoy my weekend, no doubt. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And you, mate. You're going to have to do some Thanks serious editing on this, I think. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of magic of editing which people aren't privy to. Um, but uh, there you go. So, all right, well, thanks very much for listening. Cheers. And we will catch up with you Bye-bye. soon. Bye.